internets. It's Friday, the 16th of November, 2018. Welcome back to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the only twice-weekly podcast on autonomous cars in the world. Today, I make an announcement. We discuss whether you'd prefer your autonomous vehicles to have a steering wheel or not. And, coincidentally, both China and BMW adopt solid-state LiDAR. All this, right now. But first, it is Friday, which means it's time for... Uh, I really need to get a drum roll. Oh, wait a second. Friday poll day. Right, okay, if I'm honest, that wasn't really quite the sort of drum roll that I had in mind, but it'll do, I suppose. Anyway, let's dive in, because today's Friday poll day ties in perfectly, and in fact, directly to the very first segment of today's episode. So let me just read to you the question and kick things off. It says, would you feel safer in an autonomous vehicle that did not have a backup human driver that looked like a contemporary car, meaning steering wheel, pedals, and so on, or a totally novel shuttle pod sort of thing with no steering wheel or pedals? And the answer choices, of course, are just A, contemporary car or be a shuttle pod thing so that's the question head on over to twitter.com slash autonomous hogue that's a-u-t-o-n-o-m-o-u-s-h-o-a-g obviously follow me on twitter if you haven't yet done so cast your vote and of course we'll discuss this here on tuesday meanwhile it's the perfect segue into the first segment of today's episode as i've said so let's dive in But first, real quick, as I promised, I do have an announcement to make, and that is, ready for it? And don't worry, I'm not going to run that ridiculous drum roll again. Uh, head on over to facebook.com slash autonomous hogue, because, yep, I'm pleased to announce that finally I have launched a Facebook page for Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue. I think, and I certainly hope, it's going to be a really great place um, to really encourage discussion uh, amongst all of you, and I certainly promise to chime in as well and talk about all this stuff with you, um, the idea is, of course, to uh, redundantly share the uh, the various episodes on Facebook, in addition, of course, where they've been so far on Twitter and, of course, over at markhogue.com. But yeah, I really hope the community grows and becomes a real lively one for discussion on this topic, uh, because there is, of course, so much to discuss. So anyway, again, head on over to facebook.com slash autonomoushogue. Hope to see you there. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, so let's kick things off with this question uh, that I've also posed to all of you on our Friday poll day question, which is, indeed, would you prefer a fully autonomous car, meaning no human backup driver? Would you prefer one that looked like a contemporary car with steering wheel and pedals and gear shifter? Or would you prefer something that looked altogether different, something truly unique and novel in the world, meaning no driver inputs at all? I mean, it's truly an autonomous vehicle, or I should say in this case, truly a driverless autonomous vehicle. 
right? That's the question I was asking. That's what I want to discuss here. This idea came to me the other day, which is obviously why I'm doing the first segment of today's show on this particular issue. It occurred to me, you know, we look at all these cars out there, including, uh, for example, even uh, Waymo's Chrysler Pacifica minivans. And even those vehicles, of which there's admittedly just, what, a couple, uh, that are effectively level five, um, they still obviously got a steering wheel of pedals because with the exception of the recent permit issued to Waymo here in California, um, I say here, I'm still in London as I record this, but in any event, uh, my home state of California, uh, which issued the permits allowing truly driverless autonomous vehicle testing on public roads, um, all the vehicles so far, excluding in years past Google's little experimental, well, pod, the impossibly cute autonomous test vehicle they had initially developed. Um, Right, so all these vehicles still have the contemporary accoutrements of a human-driven vehicle. So, for instance, they all still have a steering wheel, they all still have gas and brake pedals, they've got stick shift levers, and so on. And so it kind of got me thinking, um, you know, our human brains are sort of a curious thing, obviously, and one of the things that we tend to do is we tend to notice things that are absent when we otherwise expect them to be there. And so I, I was just sort of thinking about this, you know, even even me, uh, and I'm obviously very, very sort of, some might say, too accepting of this gradual rollout of autonomous car tech. Even I think that I would be a bit, I don't know, a little apprehensive of getting into a fully autonomous car that didn't have any human driver in that seat uh, in front of the steering wheel, seeing the steering wheel turn as if by some sort of invisible uh, sort of phantom, as it were. Not suggesting that I wouldn't also probably embrace it, but at least I can recognize it would be a bit weird. Um, you know, to use an analogy then, it got me thinking that obviously if you were, say, in a in a train or a subway um, that had a seat for for a pilot, for a conductor, rather, um, and if there was no one there because it would, had been otherwise fully retrofitted to be totally autonomous, like, say, many of the airport trains that run about, um, yeah, that would maybe be a little bit weird it just because you're, you're seeing a thing which you expect to be there and, well, that thing isn't there. In contrast, you, know, you get into, say, one of those airport trains and there isn't even a cockpit to speak of. There is no conductor at all because these are totally autonomous. Well, I mean, those that are anyway. Um yeah, I'm just, just, just to use one particular example, uh, SFO's uh, terminal trains, right? These are totally automated train systems. So it just kind of got me thinking. And, and so, again, that's kind of the nature of the question. Uh, really, just in plain, simple terms, don't overthink this, but just sort of try to imagine you're getting into a vehicle. You know that it's fully autonomous, and you've got two choices. One of them looks just like a regular car down to the steering wheel and pedals and shifter. The other looks like some futuristic little pod totally devoid of any hu- uh, human inputs whatsoever. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let me tell you why I think this is such a big deal to discuss, or at least why I think it's so interesting to discuss. 
So from the very beginning launching this show, and in fact in the description to this podcast, uh, I said, uh, let's see, we'll discuss the products, tech, brands, and even the societal impact of self-driving cars as they start to be to become a thing in our everyday lives. And and I think, again, just going back to this weird analogy I made a few episodes back, that really not since the advent of the elevator back in, I guess, 1857, has there ever been so much public outcry and real discourse over the rollout of a new technology, which has, frankly, so much promise for improving society. I mean, it's not like people debated whether we should have touchscreen phones or 4K televisions, never mind that there's arguably very little value to 4K apart from things like HDR. The, the point is, is that this is a very big thing to discuss, and it really does matter. And when I say it matters, what I mean is it matters that society actually embraces fully in order to accept a world of autonomous cars. I mean, this isn't just a new technology. This is a completely new way of sort of, I guess, seeing and accepting our lives and the world in which we live. I mean, it, it's not just an American phenomenon that cars are so intimately intertwined with our lives and our livelihoods. Um, I mean, yes, obviously, we're especially dependent upon cars here in the, in the U.S., but, you know, everywhere in the world, people, you know, people have or certainly need cars to some extent or another. And this, this notion of moving away, first of all, from, you know, having direct control over your car... And second of all, to not even owning a car for private ownership, private use exclusively, you know, moving towards sort of a car sharing model. These are really big changes that humans around the world are going to have to sort of, first of all, wrap their heads around. And second of all, um, kind of just be okay with and accept because, uh, you know, absent society's acceptance of these things, it's going to be really hard to, to kind of push them forward and roll them out. Uh, legislation is going to depend a lot upon how people perceive these, whether or not they are in fact safer, which already they indisputably are. So, so I, think, I think the point that I'm getting at here really and why this is such a big deal is just putting on sort of like my business cap for a moment. I always say that I wear so many hats. Uh, some of you have probably connected the dots that I'm also the same uh, Twitter account at Mark Hogue, uh, who's been running Twibble.io for the last four years, and before that, another startup for four years. So, you know, just kind of thinking at this from purely business sense, I mean, it seems to me that this is going to be a challenge that needs to be tackled sooner rather than later. Here's where I'm going with this to get to my point. Um, you know, as we discussed recently, Waymo have been granted the first permits in California to test drive their. Uh, they're Chrysler Pacifica minivans without any human backup driver in the cockpit. This is great. It also implies that these cars are effectively, well, ready for, for level five driving. And, and I guess once they actually roll out passenger service the way that they're imminently about to uh, in the Phoenix area of Arizona, which admittedly will have a human backup driver in the, in the car. That's a separate thing, though. You know, at some point in the not too distant future, they'll be testing level five cars in California without a human backup driver. And the point that I want to make here is that I think I really strongly, firmly believe that it would be extremely smart of Waymo as soon as practicable to go ahead and just rip out the steering wheel of these cars, rip out the shift lever, uh, rip out the pedals, cover them up with some sort of 
dummy covering, some sort of a plastic covering to make it look sort of that it wasn't just, you know, these components weren't just ripped out of the car, but that's actually how the car is. Make it look like this thing wasn't even ever designed with a human driver in mind. Do that before rolling it out for human consumption. Because my fear is that if you have folks lining up to get into one of these things and they see a steering wheel turning with a mind of its own and pedals, you know, accelerating and braking with some invisible force as if acting upon them, I just, I think this is going to make people really uncomfortable. And I just think from a pure sort of just business strategy sense, if nothing else, but of course, not to mention just helping to accelerate the public acceptance and the uptake of this technology in everyday life, I really think it's going to go a long way towards improving that. And by the way, that probably goes to, you know, goes to show why cruise automation in San Francisco, why they're so keen to roll out um, a version of their Chevy, uh, let's see, Chevy Bolt electric autonomous car without a steering wheel and pedals. You know, there's a mock-up. You can find it uh, online. Just just Google, I guess, uh, cruise automation, Chevy Bolt without steering wheel. You should find it. Um, you know, it got criticized for being sort of a lazy hack job. They effectively did what I just suggested Waymo should do, which is it looks like they effectively ripped out the steering wheel and other driver inputs and just kind of put some plastic paneling in there to make it look sort of, you know, that that's just how it is. Um, but look, I think that's probably sufficient, so maybe don't knock it. Um, but, but anyway, I, I guess that's kind of where I'm going with all this. Uh, really curious to hear your thoughts, uh, especially curious to see how this uh, Friday poll day turns out when we check back on Tuesday. But meanwhile, as always, please don't forget, you can leave me a voicemail on the anchor.fm platform if you listen there. I would you know, I promise to include it in the in future episodes. I will respond back to you by voice. Uh, of course, you can send a contact note through the website. Uh, of course, reach out to me on Twitter, by email, by LinkedIn, whatever you like. Really curious what you have to say about this. Uh, cast your vote at Autonomous Hogue on Twitter, and we'll discuss this more later. Hey, just a friendly reminder that if you're enjoying this podcast and if you tend to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to head on over and leave me a five-star rating if you're a fan. Thank you so much for this. It means a lot. makes a huge difference. I really appreciate it. All right, so these next two segments are pretty tightly linked in subject matter, and they discuss a thing we haven't talked much about until now because, well, there hasn't really been much to say yet until now. And that thing is SSL. At least that's what I'm going to be calling it henceforth. SSL for Solid State LiDAR. So first, a bit bit of a brief background on what SSL really is. Um, so if you're familiar, obviously, with SSDs uh, with computers, SSDs, of course, the solid state drives, basically hard drives on a chip, which have moved away from the, the more, uh, you know, the traditional way of doing hard drives, which are essentially magnetic spinning platters of magnetic sort of a disk, really right? Um, well, obviously, solid-state drives are a hard drive on a chip, so, you know, really, really small, uh, incredibly fast, and apart from their cost factor, well, they're better in every single regard. Um, okay, admittedly, they're not necessarily the best thing for super long-term storage, but that's besides the point. Um, similarly, there's been a movement, well, I say a movement, there's been, a, there's been an attempt by various uh, startups trying to build solid-state versions of LiDAR. So LiDAR, as you're certainly well acquainted by now and about which we've discussed time and again on this show, 
Just a very, very brief recap then. Uh, LiDAR, of course, are these spinning apparatus which contain anywhere up to 64 different laser emitters. These devices tend to rotate around 600 RPM. They emit uh, these beams of laser light outward radially from the car um, and effectively by virtue of collecting and interpreting the reflected laser light pulses, they're able to create a sort of 3D point cloud of the world around the car. In this way, then, they're able to really form a remarkably high-resolution view of the world because they're seeing not just that there are things out there, but also exactly how far those things are because the time delay of the light to reflect back actually does allow the car to create a truly three-dimensional space of the world. As an aside, for a camera to accomplish the creation of a 3D vision of the world, it would need to have uh, either or both of uh, binocular vision, as it were, so two cameras working in tandem, and or immensely powerful hardware to effectively interpret what a single camera is seeing, from which you can then deduce uh, three-dimensionality of the world. This isn't quite where things are at yet. This is obviously what NVIDIA is all about, trying to really beef things up uh, with their GPUs that, yeah, as mentioned in, I think, the last episode, it turns out not only are they good for running Far Cry at fifty at 60 frames per second, they're also astoundingly good, these GPUs, at doing computer vision. So, what is this all about? What's going on? Why are we talking about SSL today? Hmm. As an aside, I just realized I can't really call these things SSL, can I? Because that refers to uh, security encrypted websites. So, okay, bad acronym. Sorry about that. Solid state LIDAR it is, at least for now anyway. Um, In any event, look, this is a really big deal. Here's why. So in China, what we've got here is, uh, and this is a bit of a mouthful. So, you know, Alibaba, right? So the Alibaba Group's Kainyao Network and RoboSense have unveiled this thing called the G+. And it is truly the world's very first solid-state LiDAR unmanned logistics vehicle. It's not clear to me what this thing is exactly used for yet, but suffice to say, uh, it's kitted out with, well, three LiDAR units, all three of which are, well, at least presumably solid-state. So it's got two in the front, it's got one in the rear, and indeed, these three LiDAR units work to create a 3D map of the world around. Now, quick aside, by the way, and sort of just touching on at least one of the several challenges of solid-state LiDAR. So one of the advantages of conventional spinning LiDAR is that you can have one unit which, well, by virtue of spinning 360 degrees, well, could see 360 degrees around the car. Solid-state LiDAR, in contrast, is typically limited only to 120-degree field of view. So at the very least, you would need well, theoretically anyway, three and potentially up to four or more of these to produce a map of the world around the vehicle. So anyway, this particular vehicle here is making do with three of them. Um, Other challenges involving uh, solid-state LiDAR, and I should say again, this is a lot of material to cover for a future episode, but there's different ways to do them. This particular device uh, on use with this particular vehicle in China uses a micro-electromechanical system. These are called MEMS, uh, solid-state LiDAR. So MEMS you're actually probably familiar with, uh, if not by name, then certainly because you use them every day. Well, these are the microscopic mechanical systems, um, these micro-electromechanical systems that are used inside of your cell phones, for example, as accelerometers. They're little tiny, well, microscopic machines that are able to sense motion. So I'm going to be really sort of vague and brief 
uh, with this analogy to explain how these are working. But suffice to say, I think a good analogy is just imagine these miniaturized uh, system of mirrors that are able to split a single laser to then effectively be dispersed amongst a wide field of view. So think of these somewhat analogously to an old DLP, digital light projector, uh, video projector from back in the day, uh, and you kind of have an idea for how these work, uh, at least by analogy, um, even if that's not particularly on point. Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's the Chinese company I wanted to discuss briefly, and let's actually now segue into what's going on in Germany with BMW. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, meanwhile, in Germany, uh, BMW has made clear that it's going to be launching self-driving cars by 2021, and it's going to be doing it with solid-state LiDAR. So it's relying on Israel-based startup Innoviz, which has been developing solid-state LiDAR, um, and this is supposedly going to enable levels 3, 4, and 5. Again, level 5 is the truly, fully driverless autonomous car level, the, the ultimate stage. Level 4, the penultimate stage, requiring potentially human input in certain situations. Um, level 3, of course, uh, allowing the car to do some of the driving, but still requiring humans to be alert, which, by the way, famously Volvo, skipping level 3, fearful that it's actually quite a dangerous stage, allowing humans to get a bit too sort of careless, too hands-off, as it were. But in any event, um, this is a really big deal. Uh, BMW had already been working with uh, Intel-acquired Mobileye for quite some time, and now they're going to be working with Innoviz. Their solid-state LiDARs, of course, um, should really prove quite useful for use in a passenger car, if only for the form factor. And here's what I mean by that. So one of the big problems, I say problems, not so much for testing the technology generally, but really for marketing a vehicle fit for human consumption is that these conventional spinning LiDAR systems, well, they're a bit bulky and they've got to stick up, out and away from the vehicle, if only to get an unobstructed view of the world around in 360 degrees. Well, solid state LiDAR by its very definition, it's a you know, it's a really small, compact package. Now, admittedly, as mentioned earlier, you will need several of these to see a full 360 degrees because by their nature, again, they can only kind of look out with a field of view of roughly 120 degrees or so, if that. Um, but because of the way they're designed, because of their smaller form factor, they can be embedded sort of, say, in the grill of the car, rather like today we've got radar and sonar and, of course, cameras, uh, say, in the um, the rear view mirror mount. Um so really, from a passenger perspective point of view, this is the right way to go. Now, obviously, these are going to be very expensive things. It's going to be quite some time before they dip down in cost below that of conventional LiDAR, but I think it's safe to say eventually they will. The sweet spot, of course, is LiDAR devices in the sub-$1,000 range. But again, let's not forget, we're going to be seeing these rolling out in certainly the flagship vehicles first. So for BMW, that means, what, the 7 Series? Uh, these aren't inexpensive cars to begin with. So frankly, if someone's ready to drop $90,000 on a fully loaded 7 Series, um, 
you know, certainly they're not going to hesitate to add a five thousand uh, dollar autonomous driving package on top of that. I mean, Tesla has already shown that people are more than willing to drop what is it six thousand on the uh, or, or five thousand, I guess, on the uh, autopilot system. So that that's, that shouldn't be an issue. And in fact, speaking of which, if only to verify or rather validate what I just said, uh, Audi, right? Audi, uh, the twenty nineteen Audi A eight is going to bring to the world the first level three car, officially level three. Sort of. Uh, the technology is there. The hardware is there. Unfortunately, legislation's kind of gone a bit screwy. Uh, as I actually predicted several episodes ago, the movement, at least here in the U.S., from uh, the federal government regulating the rollout of autonomous car tech uh, and you know delegating it to all 50 states, as you can imagine... Yeah, that's produced a bit of a mess because, of course, now car manufacturers will have to make do complying with all 50 states, which is about as easy as you can imagine. Uh, Similarly, meanwhile, in Europe, there isn't really any firm uh, decision yet anywhere in Europe on how to legislate and roll out the, uh, you know, various levels of uh, autonomous driving technology. That said, it looks like First of all, will be Germany, no surprise, of course, home country of Audi. So expect to see it there operating in all its level three glory first. Anyway, as I've said, obviously, there's really too much to discuss here. I almost regret diving into it in such superficial detail here. And I promise to dive in in much greater depth in a future episode sooner rather than later. But suffice to say, the LiDAR market specifically is going to be huge. It's projected to reach nearly a billion dollars by the close of this year and forecast to grow to nearly $2 billion by 2023. To put this all into perspective, the entire autonomous car market generally is said to hit nearly $3 trillion by 2030. So, yeah, this is all really exciting stuff, and I do promise to dive in greater detail as soon as I can. All right, well, that is a wrap for today. Uh, obviously, it is Friday, so I wish you a wonderful weekend ahead. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, that'll be on Tuesday. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye.